everybody. We want to welcome you to this week's edition of the Get Your Geek On podcast. As always, we're your hosts, Charles Kiewatz. Robert Dokes. Anthony Arsenio. Taking a look at the best geek news and reviews every week and bringing them to your screen. This week, we're going to take a look at some fresh casting news that broke shortly before we started filming today. And that is that Supergirl on the CW has finally found their Man of Steel. Not that it was a long search by any means, but it appears that Tyler Hecklin of Teen Wolf and Everyone Wants Some Fame will be playing the Man of Steel. I got to tell you... I was a huge fan of him when he was in the running for Batman. I think that he's going to be a great Man of Steel. I think he's young enough and not famous enough that they can bring him back a lot if they want to. Apparently, in the Hollywood Reporter report, said they have big plans for Superman on the show. So I'm excited to see what they do with this. I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on Tyler Hecklin casting news. Here we were hoping for Tom Welling, but uh, he's not a bad casting. I have no complaints. I think it's he looks good. He looks he really good. He looks like good. he's got that Superman jaw. We'll see how he nice. gets the uh, the comb over done, but yeah. I'm excited for it. And I'm excited to see what kind of suit they're going to put him into. Uh, it might be just like a classic like blue suit with the red trunks. That'd be so great. Uh, I hope so. I don't know. I think it'll kind of be a little bit of a take on the, the Supergirl with the darker toned colors and things like that, okay. which I don't disagree with by any means. But I'm just very excited that we have the Man of Steel now. We have a solid casting, and it's a very young casting as compared to Henry Cavill, which I really like because the youth spin on this seems to be more superheroes at the beginning of their careers, like Origins type deal, mm-hmm. which I really like. We don't know how long Superman has been Superman in this universe. We True. just know that he is. I mean, you got to figure that if Kara's 24 to 26 years old, which is what they're playing here, Superman, if she was in there for 12 years, so that means Superman's early 30s. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, I mean, that fits really well. It's great. I really like it. I like the idea of having this take on there, and I'm excited to see what they do with the Justice Society now. I mean, how big of a role is Superman going to have in this universe? We don't know. Hopefully they leave it open for bigger things, but I don't think they would have cast someone like him for just a one or two off role. So I don't think this is going to be just the two episodes that we talked about here. I think oh, he'll no. be featured no, in be two heavy episodes, but he's going to be Superman for a while. That's so awesome. Again, once we see where the writing goes, because I, I, like I've said before, we have to see what Flash does, because I think based on what we saw at the end of the Flash season uh, this year's, I want to know how they're going to incorporate this universe together. Well, Flashpoint was confirmed. That's the only thing that they've okay. confirmed is that the storyline is officially being called the Flashpoint. So okay. that's exciting to see. One thing that did come out of more DC casting news is that the Legends of Tomorrow Season 2 has added Citizen Steel oh, cool. as one of their characters. So I'm excited to see that. So we've gotten Vixen confirmed now, a different version of Vixen, and Citizen Steel as two of our confirmed members. And Thoughts Our on Man. This hero? And Our Man, yeah. yeah. And Our Man. I have no idea who Citizen Steel is. So, DC so Citizen folks. Steel in the DC universe has been several different people. Basically, the history of Citizen Steel is it's always a disabled military person that's usually lost limbs or something like that. Um, in the New 52 continuity, it was actually a family line, and they are enhanced with this organic steel compound that basically mm-hmm. replaces their limbs and gives them enhanced agility, strength, speed, things like that. Mm-hmm. But it's always a very patriotic theme to it. It's always a disabled military vet who wants to get back into the game and help things out. So it seems like that's what they're going to be going with here. They're going to be going with one of the Latino versions of Citizen Steel where he lost an arm and a leg uh, in Iraq and basically is enhanced with the okay. organic steel. I really like it. He's kind of uh, kind of like Cyborg, but not as technologically powerful is the okay. way I think of him. Okay. So very, very interesting character to have there. It's kind of He's going to be a brick, if you guys know your superhero yeah, terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. He's a brick. So that's what we'll have him there for. I think, isn't that what on Jessica Jones? Isn't that where I'm pulling that from? What, the word the, brick? The word brick. Uh, they talk about it. Oh no, that's the villain brick on Arrow. 
Uh, no, but I do know what you're talking about. Like just the, the run and punch. It's got to be guy. Jeff Johns, then that I've heard say it or something like that, because it's just a, a throw around term. But I'm really excited for it. I, I think what they're doing here with CW is really shaping up to be exciting. I'm really excited for Comic Con. I think their panels are going to be amazing. Oh, to it's going to be doing. awesome. They're just, Comic Con will the be the first week of filming for Flash and so that they all open up July 1st. Comic Con is the ninth, I believe. Mm-hmm. So they'll be a week into filming, so they'll literally have probably shot episode one in July? and then go right down to Comic Con. Yeah, Ooh. July's only two weeks away, guys. Like, we're very close from them filming. We've gotten our premiere dates, which I don't know if you guys saw. We're actually not having to wait until the middle of October this year for Flash. September twenty sixth, oh, the cool. Flash will return, and uh, Legends of Tomorrow and Arrow all premiere that week as well. It's very exciting that we also got DVD release dates for all the CW shows come out August 9th and twenty sixth. What was the release for Supergirl? Supergirl on uh, are you talking about season two? Uh, season, season two, two is going to be that Monday, so okay. it's whatever the Monday of the twenty sixth is. Okay. Which I like that they're keeping the Monday night slot. Yeah, yeah. Monday, that's Tuesday, great. Wednesday, Thursday. They built that audience up, and it's going to be great TV. What's coming watching. on Friday, baby? And that's going to be actually the premiere week for everything. Fox released their premiere schedule this week. Uh, both Lucifer and Gotham both premiere that week as well, which I don't know if you guys watched Lucifer at all. Like, it got really good at the end there, and I'm really excited to see where they go with I watched the two. first few episodes, and I was really interested in the character, and then I just was like, let me back off a little bit. So, like, bit. season one kind of wraps up with him and Amenadiel have to team up to stop this dude that's gotten a piece of one of Lucifer's wings. So they have to team up and everything else like that, and there's this whole thing at the end where, like, he's ready to go back to hell, and he sacrifices himself for this girl, and then God's like, no, you need to be here, and, like, brings him back to life. But then the season ends with their mother having escaped from hell. Like, God's wife, Lucifer and Amenadiel's mom, somehow was trapped in hell, and she escapes in season two. So, me, them having to, like, get her back to hell, which is amazing. But, like, the character development in the final four or five okay. episodes was incredible. I highly recommend jumping well, on the Lucifer train. Now, how do we feel about the recast for Gotham? That I don't have a problem with. So, for those of you that don't know, it was announced that Poison Ivy is being recast and aged up into a fully developed adult Poison Ivy for Season 3. Uh, season 3 synopsis was actually released today, and it's they're, they're going hardcore supervillains. Okay. Like, got the tables at Gotham City turn when supervillains are introduced to the mix. So all of Hugo Strange's characters got out. It appears that they're going to recast Poison Ivy to have her be one of the escapees mm-hmm. from Hugo Strange's experiments. I personally don't have a problem with this. It, the only thing you really eliminate is the whole love aspect between a Batman and Poison Ivy relationship, but I feel like they've built such a good one with Catwoman that mm-hmm. you don't really need it. Okay. I mean, I really. What do you guys think? The romantic chemistry between Selena Kyle and Bruce Wayne is really good in this show. Yeah, it's an aspect that I've never really seen in the comics portrayed quite as well. I think the best example of Batman and Catwoman's relationship in the comics is probably during Hush. Okay, he like yeah, reveals yeah, yeah. the secret identity. That's yeah. an awesome story too, by the way. But yeah. I just said like I like this whole idea that they're friends when they need to be, and then it, I don't know. It's a very Magneto Xavier relationship that I see with that. There's show. It's, there's like it, there's times where it's professional courtesy. He lets her get away. It it, it goes back and forth. I've always kind of been a, a more Bruce Wayne Taliel Ghoul fan. So what do you guys thoughts on really? the whole big yeah. twist at the wow. end of Gotham it's with the second too. Bruce Wayne or whoever they're saying he could be now? I'm sorry? Did you guys watch the Gotham season three finale? I didn't. Uh, but basically, season at the very f- end, one of the people in Hugo Strangers thing was a, a Bruce Wayne clone. So it's a, a young, it's the same age as, as the Bruce Wayne we have in the show. He's got long hair, and like he says thank you and stuff like that. But there's rumors that he could be Damian Wayne, or he could be a clone of Thomas Wayne. Uh, crazy theories being thrown mm-hmm. about. Like, it, might be the Hush, it might be Hush storylines. So I just wish that, be like, so cool. I just wish there would be a fade out. Like, I wish season three would end and then just boom, we wake up and it's 10 years later. And right? Bruce That's is just what I always hoped for that show. Like, it, Smallville can has proved that you can do the hero 
part of the story and not have them become the superhero. Yeah, of course. You know what I mean? Like Smallville mm-hmm. was 10 seasons of him being a hero and one episode of him being a superhero. A really long Batman year one would be so awesome. It would be really exciting. So we're excited to see what they do. So, I mean, Robert, do you have any big thoughts about the Poison Ivy casting? I, I like it. I think because it's she's one of those iconic characters that you having her be young in, a, in the time that I've watched the show because I don't watch it that often. Um, I like the I like the choice. I like what they're doing, and I can't wait to see what they do next season. I just want to also throw out that we have a confirmed interview with Robin Lord Taylor, who plays the Penguin at Boston Comic Con. So that'll be exciting awesome. to get some news from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was going to say, it seemed like the Poison Ivy they had originally, or the pre-Poison Ivy girl, wasn't even really Pamela Isley because her name was Ivy Pepper, right? Right. And it, I never saw. I mean, they, obviously they had the affinity for plants, but sure. never like the poison ivy that you would think of by any means. Yeah, exactly. So I like the idea of having a fully powered up version of her. Mm-hmm. I think the rogues that they're choosing, they're choosing very well. Clayface, you know, mm-hmm. some of the, the other deep yeah. cut villains that we're seeing there. So I'm really excited for season three. I think they need to do a little more with the Bruce transformation, get him faster on the track to Batman, because mm-hmm. otherwise this show is going to peter out. I mean, you're going into your third season now. And you have to, you really have to get something on with the Batman arc because there's only so much Jim Gordon can do. Mm-hmm. I, I can't sit here and believe that Jim Pretty Gordon's going to run Batman's through all the villains rogues. are popping up all over the place. Well, so. And it seems like Jim Gordon's the one that's left to take everyone down. And yep. it's like, uh, that's not Gotham. That's mm-hmm. not it by any means. So I see what you're going with that storyline, but hopefully it'll get better for the next season. But definitely jump on Lucifer if you're not. Uh, mm-hmm. More superhero news casting this week. It was actually early in the week, but we didn't get to mention it. That is Donald Glover being cast in Spider-Man Homecoming. Oh, yeah, baby. Just had fanboys going crazy because, as we all know, we've all campaigned for him for Miles Morales for years. See, I think he'd be a terrible Miles because he's like 30. And well, Miles Robert is and I were talking right before we went on the air, and I had two really good ideas. I think he could be Harry Osborn or the Tinkerer. Ooh, He'd make cool. a great tinkerer. I think he was. He would either be, because uh, I was thinking he would be like Ben Yurick Jr. or Robbie Robertson. Okay. Mm. Or maybe even like the Prowler would be pretty awesome. Mm. I could see that. I like the idea of the tinkerer. I I I see the Harry Osborn just for them doing the race flip for some reason. I just think that that's going to be and no, the and way it is in Spider Man. I mean, like Marvel has a tendency to do that, uh, colorblind ca- casting. But I also I just like the fact that he's in the film. Yeah, he's, he's great. such a and, fan of the of the character itself. I think he's going to bring great levity to the film. I sure. mean, his comedic abilities are yeah. He's very he's great. just pleasant to watch. Yeah. He's a talented writer. Dude, I, he holds one of my favorite sitcom lines of all time from Community, and that's where he eats his voice box with the troll. Clearly, <laughs> you understand nothing about how to defeat trolls. <laughs> Hilarious stuff. But we're excited to see him join the movie. This cast is really shaping up well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen that the actual layout of the cast. I mean, when you had Michael Keaton, Robert Downey Jr., Marissa Tomei, Tom Holland, and now Donald Glover. I mean. Really, really shaping yeah. up. It's just to be a, a gorgeous good movie. cast. It really is, and I'm hoping we get something at Comic Con because this will be the last Comic Con before Spider-Man: Homecoming. It'll be out before next year. So the fact that they're not filming yet doesn't lead me to believe that they won't have some sort of storyline. Like they, concept they go art, into filming synopsis, late, late July. I think uh, the 21st. Maybe major casting up. news. Major casting news, and then speaking of movies wrapping up, Guardians of the Galaxy two wrapped filming this week. So that was exciting to see. Which is like that was really quick. Yeah. That movie filmed for, I think it was like 11 weeks total. I can't wait for that movie. I missed the old one. Uh, I think they, I mean, like, yeah, the, with the way the filming is today, they can have it down to a short time, but I'm thinking it's mostly green screen stuff. And again, it's we're talking. It's got to be because that was a really, really quick shoot and it was all done in Atlanta. Like, they didn't do any global shoots or anything like that for that one. 
So, I don't know. I'm excited to see that. We'll definitely get a trailer for that at Comic-Con. Same thing with Wonder Woman, stuff like that. So, it's really exciting. The next couple of weeks, we'll start getting that type of info. One bit of casting news this week, though, it kind of threw me for a loop, was Helen Mirren joining the cast of Fast and the Furious 8. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How do those movies not only keep getting made, but keep landing these stars? They do well. They Have do you seen well. the Brothers They do really movie, well. Either of you? Yeah. No. Okay, at the end, was it the scum are what keeps the Fast and Furious franchise alive. They, like, they the, just... They just do Helen so Mirren? well. They do so well. Well, I mean, anybody who's seen her, if you've watched Red, Gosh, you were just talking like, about you her driving Red, scenes in Red like, were incredible. It's it's she's a tour that de force. She spins and shoots out the dude while she spins. Uh, she's pretty awesome. It's like one of those things. She's an Academy Award winning actress, and here you have somebody like I have no problem with her. And then Charlize Theron's the villain in this movie as well. So, really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, she's my. like Hannibal Lecter is what they've compared her to. Okay. Cool. Okay. I'm I'm down for that. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> it's just. I mean, those movies aren't. They're not made to be like Oscar winners. They're I'll just never made look to at Vin Diesel the same way again. Though. Eat popcorn. If you've seen Ninja Turtles too, there's a great line where they're in the plane getting ready to jump out, and Raphael's like panicking about jumping out. Oh, yeah. goes, what would Vin Diesel do? And then he just jumps out. But it's hilarious. But I don't know how fast they keeps adding this star power. It just seems like they're never going to stop making those movies. No. Right, number eight. Seriously. They make a ton of money, man. They, but I don't get it. It's the same plot every time. There's some stuff we got to do. We can only do it in cars, and there's going to be some people shooting at us. Pretty much. I think people just watch them because they're fun and campy, and that's self-aware. And Vin is going to punch someone. Yeah. Well, the Rock is going to punch somebody. Yeah, so the, Rock the Rock and Vin are going to miss each other when they punch. Yeah. He, he did not smell what The Rock was cooking. <laughs> no, they had to end in a tie. They're, they were contractually obliged to end that fight in a tie, so neither one would look stronger on screen. Yeah. It's just, oh my <laughs> God, it's ridiculous to me. But I don't know. We'll see how that goes. Uh, some other movie news breaking this week. Sony has announced that they will be developing more Shrek movies, which I said the more the merrier. I was a huge fan of those films. Mm. I loved all the voices. I thought they're they making were, like another trilogy. Uh, I, they haven't announced that. They just said more Shrek films along the way. So like I, would, I would assume they probably do a new trilogy. Same yeah, they, they can't. You can't recast Shrek. And they, plus, what is Mike Myers doing? He's had the fourth Austin Powers movie in development forever. That's never going to happen. I don't think it'll and ever happen. Ever since happen. the Love Guru, he really hasn't done anything. Anybody? He doesn't need to. He's done so much. He's done so much. I will respect Mike Myers to the yeah. day I die. He's part of my SNL cast. Like I grew up with that Dana Carvey. Absolutely. Did you know he was in Inglorious Bastards for like two seconds? Is yeah. he really? Yeah. He was in, in that yeah, scene where he when the scene where uh, Michael Fassbender walks into the room. He's the CO that he talks to. Oh wow! It's got a little mustache. It got a little mustache and everything. You know, his movie, uh, "Honey, I Married an Axe Murderer" or something like that, yeah. is hilarious. It's awesome. Like, That's well, an old under, one too. I love that he plays the old man in that movie too. Yeah. His head looks like an olive on a toothpick. Like, He's just so great. He's yeah. Wayne. He's Wayne Campbell. Well, so we're excited to see what they're going to be doing with that. Those movies look to be great. Uh, but that's going to jump us into a little bit of our review segment here, taking a look at some of the best new TV shows and movies and giving you our thoughts. And this week started with Game of Thrones. We're getting ready. We are in the home stretch here. Episode 8 aired, so we got two left this season. Turns B out that Arya B. apparently is the one person in Westeros that can just get stabbed and be completely fine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, totally fine. Jump into infected water, swim yourself to I feel like her sea. whole trip was a waste. It, now, it, now, yeah. the most now that stabbing. your theory was wrong... But which which I, I wanted it to be so I, right. Exactly. I'm right there with so. you. You should have written that twist because it was so good. It blew my mind. But just the whole thing, this whole episode, I was just like, oh, now she's done. She didn't and do then, anything. like the whole thing with Jock and Hagar at the very end when he's like, a girl is finally no one. She's like, a girl's already stark and I'm going home. And then he smiles. He's just like, oh, yeah, cool. Like, I didn't just send someone to kill you and I'm totally happy with what you're doing. Like, he knows something about her that is fine. But like the whole idea of her just like delicately cutting the face. What face bleeds that much? Uh, apparently, 
The waist means that much. But just the fact that the whole stabbing was supposed to be this big thing. Like, oh my God, Arya got stabbed. And she literally didn't suffer any. She slept for like 12 hours and was fine. It's like, you know, Jon Snow died. (laughs) And had to have a Red Queen bring him back. And this chick just got poked and was like, yeah, no problem. I I just threw on a new shirt. I was good. That was good. Yeah, no, that that was an interesting episode. She got messed up in that episode, too. When she fell down the stairs, it was just like, oh, God. Now, I was wrong about the wave rumor, but I'm going to report rumor right here, right now, that I know to be factual because there's no way that it can't be. So Cersei, at the very end, when the dude walks up to her and he's like, the rumor that we heard... She's like, is it just a rumor or something more, much more? And he says, more, much more. I think the rumor is the wildfire underneath King's Landing that they have found it. For the simple reason that, A, here's my reasoning. We know that the wildfire is going to be used from Bran's vision. We've seen King's Landing burning from wildfire. B, both Jamie and um, Queen Marjorie's people have said something about burning cities to ash to protect the ones that they love. So much so that Jamie said it in this episode when he's talking to Brienne mm-hmm. that she would do anything, burn cities to ash. And the idea that now that they've outlawed trial by combat with the High Sparrow and stuff like that, that seems to be her last resort because she's obviously going to get found guilty in a regular trial. So oh, I would snap. see her burning King's Landing to the ground with the wildfire. Whoa. Yeah, no, this is, it's, 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 it's about to the Mad Queen. She's going to become the Mad Queen. Basically. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going that route. And, I'm gonna. It's gonna be interesting to see what happens. How great was the Brienne Jamie stuff, though? So good. Like not only getting to see them reunite, but her offering back the sword and him being like, "That's yours." But then that moment at the end, like when Jamie takes his, uh, River Run back and then lets Brienne go, and they have that moment where he's they're like, looking he at has each that other. moment where he's like, "I no, I'm gonna let her and go." Then, and then she looks at it, just that moment, that respect. I think that's gonna come back. There's yeah. no way that that doesn't come back to something. Well, the whole point. Is we want to see some redemption from Jamie at some point in time? Right? We, don't you? you, you there's so many times I'm just like, oh, it. he's so he's he's gonna be the hero that I know he, he has to be. it in him. And he then he opens his mouth, and I'm like, ah. Oh, we look damn like it. Cersei, who's a person that I'm like, there's no redemption for you. Same thing with Ramsay Bolton. There's no path to light for you. Jamie is that one person that I feel like has tried. Like he, there's a part of him that wants to be good. But like the one thing I, I found a little weird was that he just admits now that he's banging Cersei. Like, the way that he goes up to River, there's no one that matters but her. This yeah, so it's like, that's weird. just not a badge of honor that I would wear in the merit badge list of Westeros. Like, He's also oh, a kingslayer, so nobody likes him. And that's, I love that that line there is like, how am I supposed to trust you about what's best for the king when you drove a sword into your king's back? So I'm excited to see what they're doing with Jamie. It's That whole aspect of the brand Jamie thing, though, to me was great. The idea of her trying to, like, honor her oath and give back the sword, which is a Valerian steel sword, if yeah, I'm correct, right? That's which correct. Which are like, extremely... Prized, and now that we know what the White Walker's coming. But, I mean, that's another thing that I feel like if we're wrapping up this episode and we know we have seven episodes next year, not ten, can we get the White Walkers finally moving down? Like, this is supposed to be this big threat they're that coming. they're coming. Oh, they're coming. It might just be the whole end game. Yeah. Is it, you think that that's how it ends, is the White Walker War, and then Probably. Daenerys takes the Iron Throne or something? I could see that. The dragons somehow stop it. That's the other thing. For all we know, dragon fire could kill White Walkers. Yeah. I, well, I mean, the, the whole point of the, the dragon glass is what created them. So dragon, dragon fire, fire creates dragon glass. glass so. And Valyrian steel came from, you know, places where dragons were in, in the uh, books. But... I don't know, man. So if we it, had this... to place them, in, to see if you're gonna, as far as I know, there's five Valerian steel swords out there in the show right now. Uh, there's there was the, the one that Ned Stark had was made into two. Two, so that's oath the um, oathbreaker and, and the one that Joffrey had that and got Heartsbane or something Heartsbane. like that. Heartsbane. Well, that's the that's, that's the, the Tarleys. The Tarleys. Um, so Brienne has one. The Tarleys have one. Jamie has, has one. one. Sam, Sam has one. Jon Snow has uh, Longclaw. Longclaw. 
which was the Mormont sword. And that's that's pretty much where you're at right now. That's pretty good. Like, that's one of the coolest things I like is that rare thing that can kill everything. It seems like Valerian steals that one thing that, like, no creatures are immune to. So uh, what do you guys think about what they're doing? I thought it was a relatively weak episode in terms of setting up the yeah, rest of the season. for sure. Even outside of that where it's like, oh, you know, it, it's, it was very surprising. It felt very rushed because even when the scenes when they were in Marine and it's like all of a sudden now you have this big Navy outside and um, – um, Daenerys' triumphant return. It's like, oh, that's here. She's here. And that was just like, there was no buildup to that at all. It was just she, like you just see a dragon fly off, and yeah. she comes on in like, hey, what I miss? Like, what I miss? And it's like, hey, we're under siege. And there, there was that moment in the beginning where T- with Tyrion, Missandei, and Grey Worm. I like that moment of them doing the jokes. Like, jokes. Grey Worm, just so seeing good. Grey Worm be a little bit more human. human? Yeah. Because like, I really think that Tyrion is really trying to build an honest council for Daenerys. Like, he actually seems like he believes in her and wants her to be queen. So I like the fact that there's this real council developing that's not conniving and plotting at all times. Yeah. Like, Cerverus, I really like what he's done and kind of how he's becoming the, the almost her hand. If you want to call it that, well, he's, as much he's, as Tyrion leads, Varys is the man behind the strings. Well, it's, oh, yeah. it's it's a combination of both him because they both have our best interests at heart, and where Tyrion can get his hands dirty in public, Varys likes to get his hands dirty behind the scenes. And Varys, like he said in uh, the last episode, that he doesn't have the interests of any house at heart. He has the interests of Westeros at yeah. heart and the Seven Kingdoms, which makes him mm-hmm. an ideal council member to me. Yeah. Like I can't wait to see that. I hope that Samwell becomes a maester. Like I'd love to see him on a king's council. That would be really great. But what do you guys think about Tommen going so soft and basically uh, just letting the High Sparrow rule Westeros? He's obnoxious well, like, and he's he, There was that scene where he... I think, he just, I think Marjorie just puts out something fierce and he was willing to do anything uh, he could to get her back. Well, it, it, like one, I mean, that previous episode she's like i've heard you have not been you know betting with the king lately and it's just like uh duh and then the other issue here with that's with that storyline is just like tommen knows he just screwed his mom with the light you know the banning of trial by combat which is like you can do that i thought yes, that was sir. like one of the loophole things that they put back in the old days that like yeah that's got to stay like the second amendment like we just can't touch it well it's like it's so many yeah so many people get out of it so like Tyrion got out of try dying a couple of times by trial by combat um minus the one where the mountains just been made effectively useless so how about him tearing dude that guys. yeah that was so crazy and oh my god just hits him with that mace and he's just like and I love that the rest of the High Sparrow's army was just like, yeah, no, yes. we're just going to go. Goodbye. Bye. You're going to come back. So I'm excited to see what they do, although they really do have to wrap this up. With this episode being titled Bastard vs. Bastard, if Ramsey Bolton doesn't die, I'm going to be very, very upset. Because I want to see Jon Snow. He needs to. Just, He's so just horrible to watch. I, th- I think it would be right for Sansa to kill him. I think that Jon Snow should like get him in the point of death and then Sansa come over and deal the death blow. Yeah. So I'm excited to see that happen. We'll see what happens with these final two episodes, but definitely check out Game of Thrones. One of the weaker episodes of the season, though. I will say that much, mm-hmm. though. A little bit of news coming out this week. FX's American Gods has released its first photos and expect a first trailer this week. Now, I am just getting into this one. It's a book by Neil Gaiman. Did you guys read American Gods at all? Mm-hmm. No. Okay, so basically, the, the rough premise is the ancient gods of Egypt and Greece and things like that have kind of been depowered. They exist in what's called thought form, where the more people believe in them, the stronger that they are. So basically, they, uh, the, this version of Odin, who's played by Ian McShane in the show, he's known mm. as Mr. Wednesday, is going around recruiting all the old gods to team up to face the new gods that have risen, like technology, social media, greed, drugs, things like that. Gods have risen up because of that type of power. So it's him getting these old gods, these Egyptian gods, things like that, to fight these new ones. Mm. So it's really cool to see that aspect of it. Uh, FX seems to be taking it very seriously. The the, the cast is really cool. They just added uh, Orlando, Orlando Bloom. Jones. Orlando Jones. Orlando Jones, yeah. Orlando Bloom's the white one. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Uh, but Orlando Jones as Mr. Wednesday, which is a really cool character. But it's a really good book from what I've started reading so far. I'm excited to see this go to yeah. series. Uh, any thoughts on Anthony? Uh, it looks exciting. I haven't seen many of the photos, but just based on the casting news alone. Ian McShane it seems like a really strong yeah. lead for the show. I mean, he really can do no wrong in my eyes. I love that. Except that it. last episode of Game of Thrones. It was so, so wasted. It's so, so wasted. wasted. That's like getting Michael Jackson to play an extra. Like, it just yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah. Which, by the way, did you know that, random trivia fact, did you know Michael Jackson was originally going to be Jar Jar Binks in Star Wars? He was so... Like George Lucas had had him cast, I mean, like that. He was so intense, but the only thing Michael wouldn't do was uh, or wanted to do was he wanted to be Jar Jar. He wanted to wear prosthetics and stuff. And George Lucas was insistent on making it CGI, and that's how they broke the mm. their deal was that weird. he wouldn't do the voice. That's really mm. weird. I don't even know how I feel about Just that because like it makes me feel like I need to brush my teeth. Mm. Can you uh. imagine how much worse it would have been? I don't know. Misa going to take Anakin behind the door. I just yeah, no no. He doesn't have. I mean, he was good when he was younger in, like, The Wiz, but... Captain EO was the bomb. Seeing him as, like, a... Seeing him in Men older, in Black was weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't you know, know how the Kevin Smith story, too, where they had the movie with uh, him where he played a guy that transformed into a car and had a little boy that would ride around in him? Uh, and, the, like, the molestation scandal broke, and they had to scrap that movie. Yeah. But, like, when Kevin Smith went in to write Superman, they were like, we have this movie with Michael Jackson that turns into a car with a kid, we have Beetlejuice Goes Hawaiian, or we have Superman Lives. Those are, like, the three movies that they told him. Beetlejuice that he could Goes write. Hawaiian? That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's the reaction I get to It's Wow, man, I totally see that I movie. I would watch Beetlejuice Goes yeah, Hawaiian. I think it was, it was, was the Michael Jackson one where it was Turbo Teen? Turbo Teen. It was the go. Turbo Teen from wow. the, the cartoon from the and 80s. And then well Robot done. Chicken did a parody of that that was hilarious. But I'm just like, <laughs> oh, yeah, that's like, oh, yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so it's exciting to see what they're doing with that. Uh, one show that released a new trailer this week that I don't know if you guys are watching yet, but you absolutely should be, is Mr. Robot. Mm. Have you watched season one of that show at all? No, I haven't. I have not everybody's telling me Dude, I need to do. So the whole premise is basically this, this super hacker gets together with this group of hackers, and they discover that there's this one bank that if they can get a computer virus into their system, it'll spread throughout the world and wipe the world's debt clean. Literally everybody untraceable reset from zero. So any student loan, anything you've ever owed would instantly be wiped clean. Throughout the course of the, the first season, they actually do it. Like the season one ends with them setting this up, but then you find out half of the team that he had building this was in his head. He's schizophrenic. So like he had had his father that was apparently recruiting this, and like it was basically all him. He's this just enormously talented hacker and stuff like that. But now the season two is going to pick up with what the world does now when the entire financial records of the planet have been wiped clean and everybody's reset to that. zero. I could use some of that. Yeah. It's, it's the most binge-worthy show I've ever watched, right. and I say that as someone that loves like Orange is the New Black, which premieres tomorrow. Can't wait. I will be up at midnight tonight waiting. Mm -hmm. But uh, it's definitely the most binge-worthy show I've ever seen. Uh, so definitely check out Mr. Robot. Uh, one thing that was revealed this week was Jenna Malone's character from Batman vs. Superman was revealed, and it's not what we thought. Apparently the Ultimate Edition is leaked online, which I refuse to watch until it comes out, and she plays a Star Labs um, scientist, basically. That is helping them create wah, wah, wah. She helps synthesize the concept. So disappointing. Kryptonite. Yeah, really. Oh God. So not much coming out of the Batman vs Superman extended cut. I will be watching it though. I'm excited for it. I'll check well, it out. One thing that a DC news that I didn't want to get into is Green Lantern uh, Rebirth came out this week. We have number one, and they unveiled a new power for the Green Lanterns, which has never been seen before. The Emerald really, Sight. Really, really cool. Emerald Sight. Uh, Simon Bass has, which allowed him to see a splintered future of four different people. 
and you can see the outcome of what's happening for them to try to prevent it. Apparently, mm. it's something very, very rare. Only one out of every 100,000 lanterns has it. Mm. So it was really cool to see that aspect of his power. So definitely check out Green Lanterns number one. Definitely worth the read. Uh, one bit of news that came out of this week is the first promo art for the new season of Samurai Jack has been released, which, if you could see Robert's face right now, is just oh, pure yes. ecstasy. I'm very excited about the return of the show. What are yeah. your thoughts? I'm, I'm so excited. So I love excited that about show. that because it's like it's bringing back those things where you realize like the power, how good the power cup puff girls were when they on there, and then you write and how big the reruns are now that they brought them back. And Samurai Jack was one of those shows where you just wanted them to finish the story. And it was so interesting. It's like, does he get Aku? Does he not get Aku? And then the story, and then the show ended, and you're like, that's how it felt for me when Heroes first ended. Cause <clears throat> the, the original series of Heroes ended on such a cliffhanger. Yeah. Because they had no idea the show was going to be canceled when they wrote oh, it. Oh, with the revealing with Claire to the jumping world. off yeah. a Ferris wheel and revealing herself to the world. And everything about that show had told you anytime it revealed themselves to the world, it went horribly wrong. So it was mm-hmm. like, exciting to see that. But Samurai Jack definitely coming back. Looks like August will get that, which is really exciting. Right. Also announced Curb Your Enthusiasm Season 9. Mm-hmm. will be launching, which never really a fan of the first one, but it was revolutionary for comedy. I mean, so many people consider it I liked an inspiration. it. I would never say it was one of the like my favorite shows, but I really liked it. Apparently, Arrested Development was heavily inspired by that show, and I'm a huge Arrested Development I believe Development that. Fan, I love Arrested so. yeah. Development. Which they finally have gotten together a schedule. Pairs like uh, January, they're going to start filming the season five, finally. Which oh, nice. Is really I, thought the, I thought it was going to end up being like a movie, well, but the, well, the biggest thing about them is they've, they've got 13 more episodes to fulfill on their Netflix yeah, contract, uh, but it's so hard to get all of their schedules together. That's why season four was even shot the way it was, where it was the individual character episodes. That's not what they originally had wanted to do. It's just it, they've become such big stars now that I it's very, very the, hard I to get them like all the together. one long story, but it was fractured a little. I kind of like that. Well, I mean, you got to figure David Cross, Jason Bateman, and... Michael Sarah. Uh, Michael Sarah are both huge stars. Jeffrey Tambor has Transparent over at Amazon. Um, Jessica... The, the mom ha, it ha, does Archer and several other TV shows. Yeah. So, I mean... they're Jessica Walters. Jessica Walters, sorry. Yeah. But so it's exciting to see that back together. I love that show. Uh, E3 was this week, though, and some great announcements other than new versions of the consoles for Xbox and PlayStation that we're getting, which are just needless upgrades to me. We will be getting the PlayStation VR headset, which is really cool, mm-hmm. and new announcements for new Spider-Man, God of War, and Injustice The Spider-Man games. game looks incredible. The Spider-Man looks incredible. I like the white spider on really? the suit, which some people it. are hating. I could and do then without Injustice, it. dude, that gameplay footage looked yeah. amazing. Yeah, it looks really Atrocitus, good. finally, we get a Red Lantern instead of just flying around in the background of the set. But uh, the new armored superheroes I really like. Uh, really interesting to me. So what were your thoughts on some of the E3 announcements? Uh, I, I'm pretty excited. I liked all the Zelda stuff I was seeing. Yeah, the Zelda was, the Zelda was pretty good. It was on a lot the new of, console, too. A lot of... And on, uh, they're putting it out for the Wii U as well. Are they really? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of focus on the VR uh, for a lot of the games where you would have, you know, Resident Evil 7 has a VR. Um, I think, oh, the Batman Arkham Batman series. Does, yeah. Batman has a VR. And for also Fallout. Well, out there doing VR, and it's a lot of VR stuff. I can't wait for the insurance lawsuits that are bound to happen from virtual reality related <laughs> yeah. injuries. Like, yeah. it's going to be, have you been injured playing Donkey Kong? Or people, I like you can see those two I can see, like, people getting addicted to it and oh, it's having to live be in bad. this virtual It's going to be bad, it, it, because, like, the Call of Duty stuff that I'm seeing now, you know there's going to be dudes, like, crawling around corners of their house and stuff <laughs> like that, trying to, like, peel it's first. It's creepy. And the first dude to run into a wall and knock himself out cold. It's going to be magical There are some other YouTube really footage. good announcements. Like, I really liked um the spider-man trailer the injustice stuff was really good marvel claiming that they're 
now just going to make epic games and Spider-Man is just I'll the template. I believe it when I see it. Well, they're starting it with Spider-Man. Marvel hasn't had a really good game since Spider-Man 2 on the PlayStation 3. Ultimate Spider-Man was really Ultimate, good. Uh, the, I like, had a lot of fun the, with that game. Uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance was really good for that the RPG style. And the, it was and in X-Men the, Legends. And the X-Men Legends. that You haven't seen them do anything good on... Because again, you're dealing with multiple contracts and, yeah. and which, by the way, Legends holds up. Like I had to go back to my GameCube like about a week ago because I wanted to play it. Holy crap, that game! What no. game? X Men Legends too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the game's awesome. Yeah, but, uh, you could play as Apocalypse. You could unlock Iron Man's armor. Like it was an insane game, but I definitely loved it. Uh, one thing that broke this week: news that nobody cared about or asked for. Steven Spielberg announced that he won't do what they did in Star Wars, and he won't kill Harrison Ford in Indiana Jones Five. And gee, I wonder why. Maybe because they want to milk eight more movies out of Harrison Ford before he finally kicks the bucket. Not that you cared at all about Indiana Jones, but what are your thoughts on the fact that Spielberg won't kill him? Uh, I didn't think they would because I heard that they're not gonna. Make any other Indiana Jones movies unless Harrison Ford's in them? And no, they've already said that they they're making part five, but it's got a release date. No, and everything. they're not making any more without yeah, Harrison without Ford. Yeah, without him. I'm just saying, like, a, what Indiana Jones and the fight for dementia? Like, what is he fighting <laughs> at this point? Alzheimer's? Well, like, I mean, I like the Indiana Jones movies. I mean, barring the last one, but he's eighty years. What is he? Seriously, what is he supposed he is to do? Seven. And what is he going to mumble he his was way a lot through more, the skirt? He was a lot more active in Star seven, Wars than seven, I thought he would be. Uh, exactly. That's for sure. We got to go and choose uh, running around. Speed. I mean, like the Star Wars Force Awakens. If anybody knows the history behind Jedi, he wanted to, he be, wanted to die. die. He yeah. wanted to die, and it's like so Bill Murray with Ghostbusters. It, it was like that. He that was his dramatic sequence, and you, you you know they they that didn't happen. So he got it in Force Awakens. Um, but what stunt work realistically can you have a seven year old man doing at this point for that movie? No, not a lot. None. So what is it? Somebody so, else could do it. And they've already proved that it failed with King with Crystal Skull to try to have him be the mentor to a younger guy doing it. Well, it was Shia LaBeouf. Yeah, I mean, I mean like that, if you some of these things. With Shia LaBeouf, it's just, I, uh, by the way, he's bringing his hitchhiking thing to the Northeast, which is great. But it's like once you pick up Shia LaBeouf, then you're just driving around with Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what do you do at this point? But I don't know. So you didn't like him in Put the movie him on a at podcast. all? I don't think he's the reason the movie suffered. I think it was a horrible plot. Well, I think it was a horrible plot. I think one of those things where, again, George Lucas was out of touch with the audience in terms of what they, what he thought his vision was for the, for, and versus what people wanted. Kate Blanchett apologized for a Russian accent. There was just so many things that were wrong with the production of the film that came out, and you're like, ah, here it is, and it's been made of, it's been, you know, made fun of ever since. I think it would be nice to have a fresh reboot of the of that and bring that iconic character back with a purpose in the story, especially if you're looking in the 50s and 60s and what's going on there, you might get a better story. Who knows? And uh, just in quick South Park-related news, I don't know if you guys are big fans, apparently there is big talks with Matt Parker and Trey Stone to bring a South Park-exclusive movie and a Team America sequel to Netflix wow. as exclusives, which I would be ecstatic about. I love the idea really? of another South I th- Park movie. I thought movie. they were, they were only going to do stuff through their own studios now because they well, pulled South Park off Netflix. Well, Netflix is apparently working some magic with some serious deals with them right now, but they were in talks to, to do a Book of Mormon like special event screening on Netflix. And somehow that has spun into talks. The Team America is like the most prominent talks right yeah. now, the sequel for that. But there are in talks possibility for a South I'd Park. I'd like a sequel to that. Yeah. Team America that I hold up as one of my favorite movies of all time. You know, quick little trivia fact about that. Matt Damon gets asked to sign more photos of his puppet from that movie than of himself. That's great. That's and great. apparently it pisses him off to no end. Because if you've seen the movie, the <laughs> yeah. puppet Matt, Matt Damon. Matt Damon. <laughs> like even when he's shooting the guns, like Matt Damon. <laughs> 
So I love the idea of a sequel to that movie. It's one of the few movies that like I appreciate how much it makes fun of itself. So, like the fact that you can still see the wires on some of the puppets yeah. at times and things like that. Absolutely hilarious. And that one to me. scene. Oh, it, oh, the sex scene. Yeah, let's let's not talk about that. No, no. Uh, oh yeah, the Gary. <laughs> you got to prove it. Uh, but it's hilarious. The idea of a South Park movie though is really cool to yeah, me. Yeah, the game looks really the good great, too. That's one thing that came out of E3 yeah. is the fractured butthole yeah, game. Yeah, it's great. Looks really, really no, good. No, surprisingly, those have been really, really. Do you play good. Stick of Truth at all? No, I did Stick not. Stick of Truth awesome. was amazing. Yeah, it was but so I've heard good. everybody says the ratings on that are super high, and you're like. And it's it's made it, it's to be good. like an episode of South Park. Like it does not look like a video game at yeah, but all. It's it also looks like, you're like an, an RPG. So it's yeah. Skyrim, but it's South Park. Yeah. And this one's all about the superheroes yeah. rather than this, which I really like. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, that's pretty much wrapping things up for stuff on my thing. I know that uh, Anthony, I, and Carissa will be covering Northeast Comic Con this weekend. We got some great interviews with Rob Bruce from the Comic Book Men, Gary Somers of IDW, and some great other artists. So stay tuned for those. Uh, one last thing here, David Ayer's news. Apparently, uh, for Suicide Squad, Harley Quinn's tattoos are all done by herself. They're prison ink tattoos that she did. And David Ayer's Joker is inspired by the drug lords he's seen on Instagram. That was a bit of weird news for me, the idea of <laughs> the Joker being That's inspired. That's like the trendiest Someone's thing been you watching Gangland too much and decided to write the Joker based I on I found it. a bunch of criminals on Instagram and I made them into the Joker. You ever watch Gangland? Yeah. That's like the most ridiculous show ever. I think that's hilarious. <laughs> they always have the dude that's like wrapped up behind his, you know what yeah. I'm saying, man? Like life is hard, you know what I'm saying, man? It's like, oh, yeah, no, that's, those are all, all fun episodes. Uh, what was I want to say in terms uh it was related to E3. Dishonored. Has anybody ever seen Dishonored? No. Dis- played the Dishonored game. Dishonored 2 looks really, really good. If you've never played Dishonored, play it. It's a very interesting story, very interesting mythology. Prototype 3 also got announced. Sorry, that was one that kind of fell under the radar if you guys have played those games at all. Yeah, what kind of game is Dishonored? Dishonored is like a stealth. Uh, it's a first-person stealth-type game similar to Thief. Sure. If you've ever yeah, seen that, that game is cool. And like so it. essentially the mythology is uh, the first Dishonored story is you're this, you're this guard who's protecting a queen, and it's kind of a steampunk empire or, and the empress of Dunwall, and then she gets killed. And then you're framed and you're going about to get killed, but you get saved by this uh, supernatural being called the Outsider. And he gives you all these powers. And so to kind of either exact your revenge um, on the people who framed you or got killed the queen and you wear this mask. And uh, it has multiple endings. So you can either go in there guns a blazing and, you know, kill a whole bunch of people. Yeah, and it changes um, different aspects of the story. But the whole thing is there's a spoilers who has not played this game. Um, the, the Empress has a daughter who happens to be your daughter, that you, you happens to be your daughter. And the whole point is, you know, you can either keep her pure with what you're, you know, by not killing anybody, or you can go bloodbath. And she's like, yeah. Oh, wow. So the, at the end of the story, Dishonored 2 picks up 15 years later. So, so she's now, tw- now she's 25 years old. She's the Empress. And something happened, again, supernatural happens that she is now taken away. You can still play as the, the original character. Uh, in the game, but now she has her own supernatural powers and abilities, and it looks really, really good. One thing I do want to add in is that I was able to get my hands on a review copy this week of Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, Mm -hmm. and oh my god, seriously, it is amazing. It is the best Harry Potter story I've ever read. There's no way it doesn't get made into a movie, and without going into too many spoilers, basically the whole plot of this one is it's 19 years after the events of the Harry Potter series, and they have discovered that a several time turners still exist. The things from the third book that allowed Hermione to go back in time. 
basically Harry's kids get their hands on one and Voldemort's daughter gets her hands on the other and they go back in time to try to undo events that caused Voldemort and Harry Potter to become who they are and then Harry winds up having to go back and help these events unfold the way that they did but you get to see these alternate realities of what would have happened if things like Cedric Diggory doesn't die in the Triwizard Tournament or if Harry doesn't get his Hogwarts letter just like all these weird things that splinter these realities and then Harry having to go back and it ends on such an emotional note of like what he has to do to make sure things happen the way that they do. It's insanely well written, insanely well made. Like I can only imagine what it's going to be like as the play. We can't wait to see it, but definitely get your hands on it when it comes out July 31st. It is like the must read of the summer. Mm. I, the, for one of the biggest things about that, I really like Harry Potter. Well, a lot. The time turners were always the plot hole for me. I was always like, if they, if these things existed, how come no one got one and ever went back in time and killed Voldemort as a kid? Or something like that, or how come Voldemort never got one and went and killed Harry Potter as a kid? You know what I mean? Or Timey redid wimey. that night. <laughs> and the idea of like him having a secret daughter with Bellatrix and then Harry's kids getting involved into it. it but the way that it ends, I don't want to spoil it. I, I'll tell you off camera if you want, but no. it is seriously amazing, and there is no way it doesn't get made into a feature film. Like, And I see them waiting five, six years to let Daniel Radcliffe and them grow up a little bit more and then make this film because it is seriously the greatest Harry Potter story as far as, like, the character development, the plot, and everything. Mm -hmm. it, and it revisits all these moments from the previous books in an amazing fashion. Mm -hmm. But the idea of bringing in time travel and alternate realities and butterfly effects to Harry Potter is orgasmic to me because time travel cool. is my favorite thing ever. So Yeah, it sounds... I'm a huge fan of time travel stories. It's, it's, so. anything, did you ever see Predestination? Have you guys ever seen that movie? Yeah. Dude, you've never seen... I have to try to figure out how to explain this movie. Through the course of time travel events, this dude winds up being... His own mother, father, guardian, and worst enemy. Interesting. It's this girl that basically meets a guy, gets pregnant, has a kid. They find out she has a disease. They have to give her a sex change. She becomes a man, grows up, turns into this time traveler, meets this enemy that becomes her time traveler. And then it turns out that the time traveler that she's fighting is an older version of her. And she is the guy that banged her younger self to create herself. So she has to what go back in time, hell? have sex with herself, go back in time, steal her baby self, bring her 10 years into the past so she can grow up and then grow up to fight her older self in the future and kill her older self. What's it called? Predestination. Predestination. It is the biggest mind bang of a movie you will mind ever bang. see. Mind Robert, bang. you've seen it, right? Like, it's very hard to is explain. It weird? Is, it, is, it, so is it weird? Is it weird? super weird. Really? I watched a really weird time travel movie starring Daniel Panabaker, who's okay. Caitlin Snow yep. on The Flash. Mm -hmm. And it was about these kids who live in this house and across the street there's a camera facing their house that takes a picture of their living room 24 hours in the future the guy that owns the house dies so they find the machine and use it to like rig bets and stuff and it all goes south but the it's cool, on netflix the cool thing about predestination is it gets into the euro zero year aspect of time travel which is what scientists really if time travel really existed we wouldn't be able to just go back to the year two or the year 5000 there would be a zero year period which is in predestination it's 50 years so you can time travel any point 50 years before or 50 years after time travel was invented so there's in predestination time travel was invented in like 1984 so he can go to 1934 or to like 2024 and any time in between there, which I really like the idea of that aspect of time travel. But then the whole reason of why he exists is because he's a paradox. And that's why this time travel agency recruits him, because he doesn't have a set future or anything like that. So it's, it's really cool the way that it explains itself. You literally sit there like jaw dropping throughout the course of this movie. And then when it ends, you're like, holy hell, what did I just watch? Yeah. So insanely well-made movie. Highly recommend that one. It didn't do well in theaters at all, but it's picked up a cult following on DVD. Uh, but I think that's going to wrap us up this week. So any last notes for you guys? 
definitely check us out at Northeast Comic Con this weekend if you're there. Uh, you won't be hearing this by the time that we're there, so it's pointless to advertise, but <laughs> Hope I just we saw realized you. that. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this week's Get Your Geek On. I'm your host, Charles Kiewatz. Robert Dokes. Anthony Arsenio. And make sure you guys get out to your local comic shops and the movie theaters. Some great stuff out there this week. Have a week. Bye. Bye. Get your freak on.